the first year and a half when I quit my job from Wells Fargo and actually dove into and went Web3 full-time, uh, most stressful period of my life. Hey, I'm Rudy, and this is the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Here, we learn about the lives of our favorite crypto experts, leaders, and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Anvetica, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been noticing you on Ethereum community very much. You're part of a lot of projects, EatStaker, GitPoApp, and also I know you're working on ETH Study Master, and there's so much more to unpack from you. But before we get into the crypto side of you, uh, I want to learn more about where you were before even hearing about cryptocurrencies at all, Bitcoin and all that sure. stuff. Yeah. I was, uh, I, you know, I was just one of the, one of the normies, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> kind of, uh, living check to check, uh, in, in it in general, uh, I was kind of in, um, worked for some trucking companies in their security and data center, uh, in Wisconsin. And that's sort of where I got interested in computer systems and it and kind of got the bug for, uh, computers and computer science. And then, um, yeah, kind of just dabbled in that and um, so, just did different freelance projects, uh, web design development, stuff like mm -hmm. that. But so I was always kind of in IT, but okay. never really just, uh, you know, kind of stumbled into crypto when it, when it happened. So computers were like totally your comfort zone. Internet Absolutely. was your comfort zone. It wasn't something you're like, okay, you lived and breathed. I mean, so did I. That was my like safe space. It's like, oh, where's my computer? I know what's going on here. Yep. I like pretty much like back in the day, I could like memorize my entire folder setup and like, I know what yeah. everything is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. That's, that's uh, not far from, uh, from what I lived. That's good. And then like, that's the thing. Like, so you're like in this space and you're working, uh, yeah, like you're, again, in IT, but I guess at what point did, like, what forms were you browsing? At what point did mm -hmm. Bitcoin really just, you know, show its face to you? And what were you thinking when you first saw it? Yeah, I would probably say um, relative to some of like the crypto OGs, I kind of stumbled into uh, the scene relatively late. Uh, I would say probably like 2015, 2014, somewhere around there. Um, I, I was starting to hear like the word. It was starting to pop yeah. up in like news and pop culture. Maybe like in my Twitter feed, it may trend once in a while, like if the price spiked. Um, and it just kind of like, I knew what it was. It was kind of in the background. I I, from a very, very surface level, like I got what it was, but I like, I didn't get it. Yeah. So it was just kind of like floating around. Um, and I guess, I mean, if you want me to, I don't want to like jump too far. I can kind of just give context to where, like how that transitioned into how I even got into the space. Well, yeah. I mean, like when you, I guess when you first, like for me, when I first heard Bitcoin, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Digital money was common to me like yeah online yeah. gaming was a thing people would actually trade like world of warcraft was big on this but people would trade world of warcraft gold silver for real dollars yeah. on like ebay or whatever and i'm like yeah so online money was real like this isn't something different but this time bitcoin's doing it differently it's trying to actually become in the hands of everyone and being used everywhere so i was like oh this this is making sense and I was like pretty young. So I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I was maybe trying to mine it somehow, but yeah. I failed at that. But it was, it was definitely like tickling my brain. I'm like, oh, this is, there's something here. And I, like you said, like, but I can't, I can't tell exactly what is going to happen. Yeah. I think I, like, I, 
I liked the principles of it. Like I, I got like the concept. I'm like, oh yeah, well, of course we don't need like, you know, paper money. We can do this thing. But it was more of like, now what? What do I do with it? <laughs> yeah. What's like, it's just kind of, uh, yeah, it was just this weird question mark of like, I get it, it exists, but like, now what do I do with it? It's kind of poking it with a stick, like waiting for it to move. <laughs> and it was, it was, um, so yeah, so at what point did it really start getting your attention and kind of, you kind of starting to, dive into it the rabbit hole yeah so i uh before kind of getting into crypto full-time i was a junior web systems engineer basically uh uh wells fargo's definition of a devops uh engineer um for a few years at wells fargo and um one of my managers tasked me with being more comfortable in a linux-based environment mm -hmm. uh, i was typically coming from a, a windows environment so the project I, I wanted for myself was I just did like some random Google searches, like what you know, uh, you know, Linux-based software, you know, open source software, and that sort of led me to uh, Prism. And I'm like, well, what is? I've never heard of this. I thought it was like a like an application, like a like a like an app or something. Uh -huh. um, and I, that sort of led me to um, their documentation. And I'm like, what is this Ethereum thing? And that that's really what opened the whole thing. Uh, open open the whole thing up. So it was really me being tasked with trying to learn Linux, and I happened to just stumble on this open source project, Prism. And I'm like, well, I, it just sort of piqued my interest. I'm like, well, what is Ethereum? What, there was sort of mention of like ETHSaker. I'm like, well, I don't understand what any of this stuff is. And <laughs> it was just like weekends of Googling and like getting a little bit further and like just kind of following that string and eventually kind of getting here. Wow. And it's funny. So Ethereum really was what pulled you in due to its yeah, like yeah. nature of open source, digital internet, like the internet of the crypto world, the, block, the internet of blockchains and all that stuff. So, yeah, I actually, you know, I got lucky uh, in that sense. Uh, you know, could could any blockchain could have probably uh, picked me up from off the, the street, <laughs> but uh, Ethereum and, and Prism just happened to have good uh, good SEO apparently. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was definitely one of the early ones and well, at what you said, 2015. So yeah, Ethereum was mess. Yeah. Ethereum was out and about by then. Yep. Um, so then you started reading about ETHSaker and it's like, yeah, famous on Reddit. So how did you start getting your foot into that door? Yeah, it was a, it's a bit of a checkered uh, way to get there uh, was yeah. it's definitely non-linear. Um, so on that sort of my path to learning Linux in this open source project, I basically bit into that. So I was I was all excited. I sort of made a home lab. I got a Raspberry Pi and I was you know downloading you know my first client and yep. figuring out you know what all this stuff was. Basically preparing, but by the time I was really into it and like actually getting my hands dirty and and running through tutorials and stuff, it was. A few months, I'd probably say six months before the Madasha testnet leading up to the Beacon Chain launch. Um, so that's kind of the, the period we're talking about. And basically what happened was um, I got, uh, I stumbled upon because I was looking through Prism documentation, learned just out of pure happenstance uh, about the East Day community, joined their Discord. And that's when things got really expedited in terms of like my exposure to Ethereum and, and the greater ecosystem. Um, in the sense that what I was doing was because I was so thirsty to learn like mm -hmm. what this thing was and like how to contribute and just like get in there. 
uh, I would just hunker down in Discord for hours, and I would just sit there and be like, okay, what is this thing? And I would, so I'd have like on one screen Discord, and the other screen I'd have my terminal up, and I would uh, half screen terminal, half screen the documentation, and I would just run through it until I would get stuck, and I, and I would do my troubleshooting and be like, until I just about was ready to pull my hair out. I'd switch over to Discord and be you like, have beautiful hair, by the way, for anyone who's yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> amazing hair. It's a, it's a trademark. Yeah, it's, it's, I have a feeling I, I can't get rid of it just because no one else is going to recognize me. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I would, you know, just get ready to pull my hair out and I would ask on Discord and someone usually almost immediately would have the answer and, and would, you know, share with me and we'd, we'd converse and we'd fix it. But the point I'm trying to make there is it would be a grind like that. I would yeah. do a couple hours of getting stuck posting the question. But then what I was doing was instead of extracting from the community every time where I was only ever going for questions and, and hoping to receive answers, once I got the answer, I would sit there for another couple hours. I would wait for someone else to sit there and ask another question or something similar that had a same component. Yeah, I would try to see if I could figure it out and take the torch that someone else gave me and see if I could help them light that fire instead of them just sitting there doing the work, chugging out all of these answers and support. So through that support model where I was just sitting there, not just consuming, but also providing, and then just months of that, all of a sudden it was just like the things that were really hard and abstract for me to, to understand, all of, a, all of a sudden became second nature, where I was just spewing out these words and these concepts and, and I was connecting these dots and how things worked. Uh, and all of a sudden it became less of me only using Discord for getting answers to things I was stuck on to me pretty much just camping in discord answering questions because all of a sudden I knew things, you know, That's I was running my validators and, and I was competent enough, but by no means a, 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 you know, an expert, you know, I'm not no Danny Ryan or Vitalik, but I was enough that I could competently and safely instruct people on like what to do and, and how to get things back up and running. So it was, it was sort of this weird, um, just kind of basically just, volunteering on un unknowingly as a support desk for you know for <laughs> e-sticker so that's such a good feeling i got to do it yeah that's such yeah, an amazing nice. feeling man that's like yeah i mean like I, on behalf of i'm sure everyone who's ever gotten support from you thank you because people, <laughs> people like you are the reason why we learn like i've been on discord before asking questions for you know different variety of projects but i'm like the people that answer these questions are super helpful like thank yeah. you for helping me out thank you for like troubleshooting and testing yourself and taking risks on behalf of us just so we can learn from you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been fun. And you know what? And here's the thing. I will say this. Um, eStaker makes things like that easy, mm -hmm. participating like that easy because of the atmosphere that they create. Their motto is welcoming first, knowledgeable second. And they, they really stand by that. I mean, they're, it, you could go in there with motivations of wanting to create the next NFT drop, which is an inherently an ETH staker thing, but they'll help you guide you through that process in the sense that like, oh, you need to learn about smart contracts. Maybe go over to this community. Oh, you need to know about mm. XYZ. Maybe go over here. So in addition to being like a really good steward for helping uh, uh, and advocating for solo stakers, they're a really good springboard platform and almost like a, uh, an incubator uh, for newcomers that come in and helping them 
uh, find their path sort of in this ecosystem. So it's it's, it's a great place to start. And I, I encourage anyone that is even remotely curious about Ethereum to, to check, check them out and uh, go from there. Yeah. And I've definitely been on there. So yeah, <laughs> definitely a great place, as you said. And that's one of the things I think I love most about the Ethereum community in general is the welcoming atmosphere. And ETHSaker definitely has taken that home into heart. And yeah, absolutely. So as you're learning and growing and developing and, you know, becoming, uh, you know, a teacher of, your, from your, of yourself, you start, where, where is your mind going to next? Like, what is the next way to contribute? Because this, is this like your first open source contributive project that you're working on or has this always been? Okay. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. This is definitely, uh, you know, drank the Kool-Aid completely. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, once I got into crypto, I'm like, all right, open source, free everything. Like let's, yeah. let's do the whole thing. So I, yeah, yeah that, that was definitely my, my, my first exposure to that type of, uh, work. Especially, uh, it still blows my mind today where like the amount of work and time and perseverance that yep. people and, and teams put into to projects only to give it away is, uh, is just amazing to me. And it's, it's something that I, I love contributing to. That's, and yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of people, I got open source is, I mean, used so much like the whole internet, the internet protocol is open source and it's like everyone uses it, but also everyone finds a way to monetize off of it. But yeah. Yep. open source is the foundation like linux all open source it's the foundation of so much in our world but people forget that sometimes uh so where, where is your like mind heading to next so you're helping out this community mm. where is your all right i have to start building i have to start monetizing somehow like you obviously open source is great but you, you can't live off nothing so yeah. how, how's your mind going to like where do i make my career path into crypto yeah so that that was a little strange for me uh and it, it really uh, look if, if you're trying to enter into crypto i would argue that there's really no uh standard path for this it's, <laughs> it's very much this kind of its own little juggernaut so everyone's uh entry point and path is is wildly different and with me um i connected through the work i was doing with eStaker. Um, I built up a very good relationship with Superfizz, who is one of the core moderators there uh, at ETHSTAKER. And he uh, effectively became, uh, you know, whether he'll admit this or not, uh, became my mentor and uh, saw some sort of raw talent in me to help me, um, excuse me, <coughs> to help me um, build relationships with within other ecosystems within the network to then help me position myself as best I could for new positions and jobs. So let me be more specific and kind yeah. of bring that down from the sky. Um, through that relationship with Superfizz, he was able to sort of give me, and I didn't know this at the ta at the time, certain tasks to refine my skills in order to be a viable option for when, when uh, opportunities came up for placements uh, for other companies. Um, so I would all of a sudden, you know, I'd get uh, random messages from him be like, hey, we're doing this. I'm meeting up with a couple of people. He would always be very casual about it. He's like, I'm, I'm meeting up with a couple of people online. Uh, why don't you come on over? And uh, it would be the Zoom link. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, Danny Ryan and Vitalik and Ben Edgington and all these big players are on it. And all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, this isn't just like a hangout call. This is like <laughs> a meeting and you're just kind of bringing me in and throwing me in and and I'd be hosting the calls and all of a sudden I'd be running OBS and all of a sudden now I'm 
you know, doing full on productions for community calls and things like that. Uh, so he would sort of force me and push me in these positions, which were wildly uncomfortable, but it, it allowed me to, to feel uncomfortable. So I would then react in a way to, to learn. So I wouldn't feel that way for the next one. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a couple of years. Uh, now we're to the point where, uh, because we're doing these community calls, uh, we're networking with people like Gitcoin and uh, CLR Fund and uh, you know all the client teams and all these big players, EF, the Ethereum Foundation, things like that. So it's like we're, we're rubbing elbows with a lot of good players. And because of the work that I was doing behind the scenes, um, Fizz and the rest of the e-stakers could vouch for me for my work. And then I had this cool portfolio of all this video that I was forced to do you know, in, in these different circumstances that I could point to. So when things like uh, my first real opportunity came from, uh, so, so just like a quick caveat, all this to say all the work um, and effort and, and things that I've done before, that was all volunteer work. That was yeah. just me for the love of the game. There's no payment there. That was just me learning skills and become becoming comfortable in front of crowds. Uh, but then Gitcoin had a position for a community manager. Well, all the work that I had been doing was perfect training up until that point for that position um, and, and eventually got that position and worked with them a couple of months through interviews and stuff. Um, so very odd ways to kind of get there. Um, it, it, but there are people out there that can spot sort of that raw talent, know yeah. that there are going to be positions, maybe not this second, maybe not when you want them. Uh, but if you just hold there and wait and mature and grow your skill set, there's always going to be a project or something that is like, no, we're going to, we're hiring, we're plucking, you know, we, we want to take that next talent. So uh, the first one was, was Gitcoin. And then it's sort of spun out from a different, a, a bunch of different projects from there, just because of the nature of Gitcoin and how many projects they touch. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was sort of the long and short of, of how I got um, the transition from, you know, sort of hobbyists, you know, uh, passion work to actually getting compensated for, for some of that, uh, for that work. That's, that's funny you mentioned that because I feel like that's the, probably the top first, like entry level job for crypto companies is community manager. That was my first crypto job too. I was like, oh yeah, like, there's some project that I'm working on. And I'm like, I'm really into it. I was trying to help answer as many questions as I could. Yep. yep. Eventually I oh, like I can become a community manager for them. Um, that was fun. Like, it just, it's like a good feeling being able to support and help where you can for something that you just love because yeah. you were doing it for free. It's like, That's the thing. I was doing it yeah. for free too. I'm like, I'm not making any money. I'm not making any money off this podcast, but I'm like, yep. I'm just loving talking to you, loving talking to people and like learning their story. And it's, I hope one day I can make it my career, but right now it's just, oh, yeah. it's the love of it, you know? I, I just to echo that I'm not necessarily going to say anything new that you just didn't already say, but I will, I, I need to echo that. Cause that is the biggest takeaway. Like I'm especially watching previous episodes uh, of the people they've interviewed. And uh, I think the biggest one that stuck out to me was Hudson Jameson. I, I love Hudson. Mm -hmm. The work he's done is amazing. And one of the things he speaks on is like his come up story and how we really got started is, is exactly how that still stands today. I think is the, the, the short way to put it is if you're truly interested in something and you just like, you can't stop talking about it. That's the type of passion that'll show. So when you do want to really get into this and be paid for something or get into a project or just break into the scene, like 
that grind mentality of like just getting your hands dirty and not looking to be compensated right away, but just like kind of getting your feet wet that that hasn't changed. Like that's still here. Uh, If anything, I would argue it's, it's more so with, with more projects being out there. So uh, just don't be afraid of the space for sure. Absolutely. Especially now when the market's a little bit down, Oh yeah, it's a good time to really get your voice heard and your face in the game because that's when you're most noticed is when it's most quiet. Exactly. <laughs> also, now you're um, so after you know working community management, getting your feet pretty wet into the crypto space, you're starting to kind of develop your own projects and work on, I guess, projects that you're most passionate about. Can you uh, share like your next step in what you're working on? Yeah. So um, everything started to come by real quick, especially in crypto. Yep. So it it I had this period where I was like, kind of running myself a little too thin. I was I was attaching myself t- to a lot of different projects. It's hard to like, say no, man. It's hard just, to say no. Just taking it all. Like yep. I just throw it all my way and I'll take it. Um, you know that that burned out real quick. I mean, there there was no efficiency there. So I had to be. I had to choose what I wanted to commit my time to. So. Um, Specifically, what that meant was when I got into the transition from eStaker into Gitcoin was turbulent in that I was trying to also maintain my eStaker commitments. I was doing full time at Gitcoin, and then I was also doing full time as, at the time, for a brief period, the marketing director for Reality Cards, which is a predictive NFT market. Um, and then I was also doing like some other freelance stuff for some NFT things. So it was just like, it was just too much. Yeah. So I decided to stick with Gitcoin because I loved the ethos of it. I loved that it was all public goods, all open sourced. They were doing the, the mechanism in which they, they were funding things were Web3 based and through uh, quadratic funding and voting. So it was just all very new and exciting things. Uh, so I definitely got deep into uh, Gitcoin, Gitcoin grants specifically. Um, and that platform, but then through uh, learning their systems and learning how they would deal with clients and how they were pushing public goods, it got me thinking in different ways. And eventually I took what people know as my screen name, Envetica.eth, eventually took uh, and built Envetica, the company. And we do uh, basically Web3 services, um, private staking um, so we'll do things like um, run validators. Uh, we'll run different nodes for chains like Chainlink, um, Polygon, right. things like that. Um, and then we'll also do um, different smart contract developments um, for small NFT projects and things like that. So that sort of scratches my itch to like do weird exotic things yep. that I can kind of have like, you know, it's mine. So I have full flexibility and, and can do my, what I want with it. Um, but now for the most part, I've, I don't want to say I've reverted back to, but my comfort has always been eStaker. I've always found a home there. I like the environment. Um, I, I love the content. Um, so I've actually, um, I, I still contribute a little bit here and there to the Gitcoin DAO. I'm no longer part of the holdings company of it. Um, but most of my priorities now are, are within the eStaker community still. Um, so that's where I, I focus most of my attention. And I'm sure everyone's wondering this. Where did the Anvetica name come from yeah so it's a, a, origin it's story. a bit of a play in words uh i'm a i'm a little bit of a font nerd um so mm. onvetica is a play off of the font helvetica and helvetica was uh so the short story is it was basically designed to be the most uniform boring 
tasteless font ever. So it's supposed to be readable. It's supposed yeah. to be a font. And there's two camps of people uh, that view Helvetica. The, the camp that love them, they adopt it. It's, it's the best font ever. And the people that feel that fonts should be more boisterous and um, illustrative and, and personality. Colorful. Yes, exactly. And that, I, I subscribe to that camp. Um, so <laughs> my my idea and the ethos for Unvetica was to be exactly that. Um, so we, we we are very personal. We make sure that every uh, the flavor and and the the fun are is always injected into Good. everything that we do so that that was the uh, the idea behind the name well with your role in marketing so that makes sense like you want it to stand out whatever font is yep. being used <laughs> absolutely yep 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 um, but and that's fun so between all of the connections sort of kind of like zoom out and wrap this up a little bit in terms of like what i have my hands in um between the the networking and connections that i made between all the different communities that i've touched in Unvetica is sort of my my passion. So East Staker pays my bills day to day. That's how I make ends meet. Um, Unvetica is uh, all the cherry on top. So it's all the passion projects that I could do um, that I can't do anywhere else because um, you know for reasons, right? Whether it's uh, the project doesn't want to adopt X Y Z or they don't have funding or whatever it is, I could I can just do it myself. Um, and that also lends itself to. <laughs> Excuse me. Actually, if we want to just cut there, I was going to go off on a different diatribe, so that's that's fine. Remember to down. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's a hard cut, but it's all good. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um. So my yeah, my next question would be then. Uh, you still are working towards the teaching side of yourself. I know you're working on this new project called ETH Study Master. Uh, and it's like, yeah, you get rewarded in POAPs for completing courses and something I definitely need to be part of because I like to learn a lot more about ETH and like, like right now, like if some friends ask me questions about, oh, I heard Ethereum is going through Emerge and what does proof of stake do? What does, what does Emerge do? I'm like, I get it, but I don't know how to explain it yeah. perfectly in a, in, a, in a way. Like I, I should be able to, cause I get it, but then I'm like, I guess I don't get it enough to teach yeah. it. So like. Like how, it's a, that's a coursework that I definitely want to take and I want to know what's it about and how can I sign up? No, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking. Uh, so the Ethereum study master is, uh, and just a previous context of how it even came about, um, is a weird hybrid project between it, it was birthed from eStaker and it's a project of Unvetica now. So it's our it's one of the the big initiatives that we're pushing right now. And it first started as a as a bit of a pilot program from Superfiz and it was on Reddit the first time it happened. And basically it was a 10 or 12 week course, I think it was 10, 10 week course where every week what would happen is Superfiz would submit a uh, or publish rather an article of some sort. Um, whether that was like a, a EIP or some sort of technical article by Ben Edgington, whatever it may be. He'd put some sort of article up there. And at the end of the week, um, he would make 10 questions. And if you had like a 80% or above, that was a passing grade. And then at the end of that 10 week course, if you passed all of those lessons, you were awarded the Ethereum Study Master POAP. So this, at the time, was the most like hoops you had to go through to get a POAP. Normally yeah. people were just kind of, you know, if you attended an event, maybe if there was a community call, like this was still very early. Um, POAP was not what it was today. Um, so it was, it was a very 
sought after po-op and highly regarded because of that. Like you really had to work for it and commit to it over weeks. So it was, it was a very uh, successful program. I think there were, I'd have to look at the POAP uh, to see how many people actually claimed it, but a, a, a decent amount of, of uh, people participated in it and stuck through the 10 weeks. So much, um, there was so much need and want for more of that kind of content where people could learn just about what Ethereum was um, that Fizz and I came up with the idea that maybe we should make this a formal platform. And that's what Ethereum Study Master eventually came to be. So if you go to Ethereum Study Master now, this is what we would consider version one. Uh, this is our beta. Uh, we're actively uh, working on a version two right now um, that should be uh, debuted post-merge. Mm -hmm. um, and basically what it is, um, anyone can go on it. Uh, it's, it's free to use. Um, it's open sourced. Uh, it's all, all the good things. Uh, Gluten-free, free-range, all of that. Um, and basically what it does is it allows anyone to um, subscribe to a, a course or courses related to Ethereum. And the, the range is pretty broad. So it's from entry level to uh, like opening up your first wallet and what that means and best practices and safety uh, policies and things like that to creating your first smart contracts and wow. NFT launch and um, all the way up to running and configuring your very own Ethereum validator. So that's sort of the spectrum. So we want it to be one platform, not the platform, because that goes against decentralization, one platform for anyone to confidently go to where they can say, I know this information is up to date and correct. Um, but then also we want to incentivize. We don't want that platform to just be to yeah. come to learn. We want it to be fun and we want you to have something to show for it and, and potentially use after you've applied uh, all of that time and effort and, and persistence. So what happens is after uh, a completion of each course, uh, assuming you've um, tested out at an 80% or above, you're then minted a POAP saying that you've in fact, uh, one, completed the course, but two, you know, be, you pretty much know the content within a certain degree of, of whatever you, you just completed. So it's eventually the, the push here is to make effectively a secondary market, a job market to wherein after you've completed uh, a certain amount of courses on Ethereum Study Master, we can now go to these other communities and be like, it's, it's in my mind, it's going to change how sort of resumes work. Yep. In that this will this will act as your new resume. So instead of uh, companies wasting and taking the time to to draw out these huge exhaustive uh, job postings where you need <laughs> unreasonable uh, prerequisites to get in and, and expertise, what they can sense what they can instead do is come to a platform like Ethereum Study Master and be like, I need someone who has the ETH2 Study Master POAP. I need someone who has you know these five POAPs. And anyone that has these five pull-ups, they automatically qualify because we know they have that, that skill set and they can go in. So instead of having this, you know, someone filling out exhaustively over weekends, job applications yep. and submitting their resume, it should be as simple as connect my wallet, scan, done. And that's that's ultimately the goal. Absolutely. It should be that simple because I, I remember like, like applying for jobs, it's like, oh, post your resume and then fill out this form that's exactly the questions on your resume. <laughs> exactly. And then have no one read it or care because it's like, yep. I'm missing maybe one keyword that they were looking for. And it, that's like, exactly it. Yep. So um, here, here the, 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 
it saves everyone a lot of time in that yeah. you know you have a certain bare minimum threshold to what the audience is that's applying. You know that they have a certain minimum skills. And then it's also less exhaustive for companies looking to hire where they don't have to commit as much time to outline exactly what it is they want. Exactly. Um, so that, that's one aspect that we're trying to solve for. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of in a general sense of what the Ethereum Study Master platform is. That's awesome. And I like that's like the beautiful thing at Poops. It's like you're you can get as creative as, as you want with it and yeah. like, like, like similar to what you're working on i'm also working on a project uh with my fiance she has her business yoga hub and we have this idea of um getting reward getting rewarded for meditative practice mm. if you're meditating for seven days straight you can kind of just like upload your like tracking app a picture of that as, as for the beta but yeah. then you just get rewarded. Okay, you've completed a seven-day streak. Here's a PO app. And then there's a 14-day streak, 30-day streak. And this also unlocks a chance to enter a Discord channel with people who are also in the same uh, path as yes. you. So if you're in a 30-day streak and you're trying to get to 100-day, but you're having a hard time, here's a bunch of people who are also experiencing the same thing. And also you yeah. can have access to like experts who can guide you through these sessions. So that's, um, that. that's a project that we're working on. Hopefully it will be released soon. But... That's exciting. I, I love it. I love like rewarding through uh, the East Study Master Program. It's like rewarding through Poaps and really giving the people a chance, like oh, like free open source education. Like again, like also, it goes back to the other things, like schooling and college and all that fun jazz. It's just like, I mean, I went through college. I got my engineering degree and I have a master's degree, but I don't feel like. I just feel like I. I don't know. I didn't, it didn't feel very rewarding, I guess. Yeah. I don't yep. know. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's just like, it was too broad. I don't, I don't feel specialized. And when someone says I need an electrical engineer, it's like, all right, what do you, what do you mean by that? There's hmm. a whole field of different studies. And it's kind of like, I had to pursue on my own projects to f make myself credible in a certain field. So I had to learn how to code on my own. So when I applied for jobs that are like more IT related, I'm like, oh, I do know JavaScript and HTML because I did it on my own. Like school helped yep. me become an engineering mindset and right. it gave me that, you know, ticket in. So that's where it's appreciative, but it's also like, it's a lot on my own work and self-taught yep. people, I feel like are the most driven in that topic. So if you're like going on each study master yourself and you really want wanting to learn, that's because you want to. And those are the type of people that I would want hired in my company too. People who just are there because they want to be and they want to learn, not just going with the flow of a college right. degree because it'll get them a job. Exactly. Yep. The, you, I think you hit it in the, on, on the head there. Like that that passion piece is huge. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what you see gets rewarded within these ecosystems. And it, it becomes real evident kind of who's chasing bags and who's out here to kind of change things around for the good, for the better. Exactly. Now that you have your hands in so many different projects, a little bit more about you is how in the crypto is 24 seven, it never ends, never shuts up. There's always something going on. And I'm sure you can always look at discord to find a message to read, but yep. how does, how, how does Anvedica take his time off to actually just decompress and keep his mental health in check? No, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, it's something I'm still, uh, refining to this day. Uh, I, I don't have uh, any secret recipe. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, actually, um, the first few years, I definitely struggled with it. Uh, that the first couple of years, like when I made the, the first year and a half, when I quit my job from Wells Fargo and actually dove into and went 
Web3 full-time, uh, most stressful period of my life. It was just, there's a yeah. lot of different variables. It does come at you super, super fast. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, everything's very rapid. Everyone wants it yesterday. Um, so I, I'll say this. Um, I asked the same question to Anthony Sassel at uh, DevConnect in Amsterdam because um, I admire his grind in terms of the frequency of content that he puts out and yep. the high value that he puts out. And his answer, though not necessarily direct, gave me the answer. And that was this, like, comes down to that passion thing again. He doesn't think about it. His answer was, well, it's just like, it, it doesn't bother me because this is what I'm going to be doing anyway. Like if I, he's like, if, if I wasn't, if that camera wasn't on, I would still be doing the same thing. I just, the camera <laughs> wouldn't be on. And it's like, that's, that's sort of when it connected the dots for me too, where it's like, when I feel that pull, um, I would say 98% of the time when I'm, when I'm working on these projects, love it. I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm not thinking twice about it, but there are pockets when, yeah, things stack up gets a little busy. There might be conferences, you know, the merge is happening. That doesn't yeah. happen every week. So like <laughs> it's you know, all these different things tend to stack up. But the second I get that pull where I'm like, where, where I, if I wake up and I'm like, ah, you know, or I'm starting to dread something, it's usually when I'll step away. So I'm, okay. I'm really good about um, taking a day or two off. I'll, I'll hit the guys up on discord. I'll do an ad here. Hey, going, going dark for a couple of days, not taking my phone and, uh, and just stepping away. Or, or, you know, just, just purposely injecting more life into the work where I'll be like, normally I would sit down and, and, you know, lock myself in for the, you know, 10, 12 hours to, to do some work. And sometimes that can be glorified and, and you can feel good about it, but it's like, I didn't get anything else done at home. Uh, so, you know, I'll try to try to force those things in. So as much of a non-answer as that was, I think, I think really what it boils down to is this, uh, you really got to make it a priority like everything else. Um, yeah. So if if you want to work in Web3 um, and you're passionate about those things, it should be no different than you eating right or exercising or, you know, taking care of any other priority in your life. Um, so when those things get stressed out, just kind of be aware of it and know when to step out. And that's sort of what I've learned as well. Yeah. And that's helped. So the, over the last couple of years, I've, I've maintained that balance and uh, it's, it's been really good. Yeah, that's the thing to remember too. It's even though you're working in an industry that you love and it's a project that you love, it still is work, you know? It's time you have to dedicate to this and do, even if you're not in the mood for it, yeah. because, because it is your job, it's, your, it's paying your bills. It's not like, right. it's not like uh, oh, if I don't do it, I'm okay. No, if you don't do this, you're not gonna be okay. You only have a certain amount of time to like, you know, take a break or have a vacation. And yep. the only difference is like, you're just not dreading it as if it were someplace you weren't enjoying. Yeah. And that's a good point. I do want to maybe reiterate that where it's like, you know, this is a 24 seven thing. You're, you're always going to find those discord messages. And that's what you got to remember. Like there are always going to be discord messages yeah. and something to reply <laughs> on that, that stream is never going to go to what go going to go away. So just, uh, you know, cut yourself out every, every couple hours and you're good to go. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love this. Like, I love this scene just just because of that. It's, just, it's always on. It's always active. But if I ever feel compelled just to learn more about crypto, it's always it's just always in my face. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on now? There's always something new. Yeah. <laughs> what's like, the what's the latest and greatest? <laughs> All right. It. So um, yeah, as you're learning more about the scene and being heavily involved in it, 
what is your crypto pet peeve? Yeah. Um, you know, I got lucky enough that I feel that the, um, I never had to run into like a real like Bitcoin maxi or anything like that. <laughs> so I never had to deal with any like the political stuff. I think my pet peeves are more uh, like technical and user based, like mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm, I'm antsy to less of a pet's a pet peeve and more I'm, I'm more anxious and excited to start seeing more usability features come in so that it ushers in more mass adoption right so it's still really difficult to tell someone off the street that doesn't know what crypto is yep. to be like okay you go, well first you got to download your wallet and then you well well then you got to exchange things <laughs> from coinbase and put it into your wallet and then well if you want to do polygon you got to add an rpc one well, rpc it's just this whole thing, right? It's it's not yep. it's not a, a an intuitive thing that uh, people are not that they're not ready for it. It's less that the the technology hasn't caught up to a point where uh, it's ready to be used in that sense. It's still not seamless. Uh, You're viewing every yeah, step of the way. Correct. So I think I'm I'm less like annoyed and pet peeved by those things and more just like all right like can the devs do something like let's fix <laughs> these things like let's let's really optimize and make it like nice and friendly and neat and uh and usable so i think that's kind of the the biggest source of friction for me right now is just like man let's make this like how nice and and frictionless web 2 is right now i'm mm -hmm. expecting that user experience in web 3 and it just isn't there yet yeah and it's it's so true because it's not and it's it's like, oh, now, yeah, make sure you have your Coinbase you, or your whatever Gemini account or Kraken, yeah. Binance, whatever it is. I'm not supporting any of them. I yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a person who loves to keep everything <laughs> offline. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, get a hardware wallet. Oh, but if you want to use MetaMask, you have to connect your hardware wallet to your laptop. But then make sure not to have, it's, it's like, it's a lot to take in at once. And as it's growing yeah. so fast, it's hard to keep up and it's hard to explain. Like back in the day, it was like, Pretty much Bitcoin was a big player and yeah, you have your online, your like desktop client running the yeah. whole blockchain and that's yeah. how you send money back and forth. And like as you said, like Bitcoin Maxis, something I'm thankful for for them is definitely the the amount of education I've learned early on about money, politics, yeah, yeah. Uh, social programs. Like I didn't know how money worked until Bitcoin came into my life. I'm like, oh, that's why fiat is so broken. Yeah. That makes sense. And then I'm like, oh, Ethereum's fixing all these other problems too. I'm like, this is so great. Like now this all makes sense. But yeah, I'm definitely thankful. I mean, I, th I mean, there's definitely room for multiple chains, I think. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like human nature. Humans can't agree on one thing, except for the internet. Mm -hmm. Somehow we all agree to use the, the single <laughs> protocol. Right, right. And I hope that happens with Ethereum. <laughs> exactly. I really do. But as human nature, I, keeping it real, it's like unlikely that we'll ever have just one chain to rule them all. Yeah, we're always right. trying to make something better because again, like we're all devs, we're all engineers, and that's what we do. I'll make it better, like no problem. The sales guys right. are like, nope, Ethereum is a, that's like Paul Brody taught me. He's like, no, yeah. but he said that yeah. people go to where the most amount of other people are. So Ethereum is a great hotspot now because most people use it. A lot of money is in there salespeople aren't trying to recreate anything other than a place to generate revenue. So that makes sense. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, it's just, there's so much more to go. And I, I'm just like, for me, I'm excited to like be able to educate others well as I'm learning too, because 
the easier time I have explaining it, that means the better it is, the yeah. better the development is going. Exactly. So then, um, but yeah, so one of my last questions will be, what is your favorite wholesome crypto moment? Something in the crypto world that kind of made you like all warm and like fuzzy and like, like glad to be part of that industry. Mm. Uh, it, yeah. So I, I don't necessarily have one. Uh, have, I think if you have one more, that, give them all. <laughs> yeah. I think one that always stands out to me just because it was this, it, it felt like tongue in cheek to me, but it was also like, it felt like we were all sort of watching this thing happen. And that was the, the constitution DAO, um, ah. with, uh, I forget the, uh, was it Sotheby's auction house? I forget the, the actual auction house, but when they were auctioning off the constitution yep. and the, the DAO um, was trying to buy it. it. I, I've never felt more connected with the, the crypto scene in that moment for some reason. I just remember being like watching the live stream of the auction house. I remember being on a simultaneous like uh, 30 or 40 room voice channel on discord with a bunch of people like we're all just like are we gonna do it wait did we do it did we not do it like we had po-ups ready for either uh you know oh, whether man. it was ha happening or not um it just felt like a moment and uh, it was a, a fun little time um i just kind of remember that so that was one and i'll always remember um it's actually something i'm i'm really looking forward to with the the upcoming merge uh main net call um i'm, I'm so thankful and lucky that I was able to, to one, be a part of, and two, witness the Beacon Chain launch, mm -hmm. uh, especially now knowing just how much of a, a milestone that was in relation to the overall roadmap and kind of what it means for Ethereum. So to be part of that call so early in, in relation to like my transition into that was, was amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, to have made that, that POAP, like it's, it, it, it Huge. So this is a, I'm going to go on a bit of a diatribe go side quest here. Um, <laughs> and just the biggest Poop fanboy ever. Um, so I, I pretty much discovered Poop the same time I discovered East Staker and got okay. about as inundated with Poop as I did with East Staker. And um, it's so wild to me that I have now put in enough time and designs into Poop that I've gotten people coming up to me and be like, this is my favorite po-op and they show me and it's like oh that is mine i designed oh, that wow. like i was i remember where i was when i designed it and it's such a weird feeling knowing that they're looking at it as like the memory which is exactly what it should be like they're triggering like that moment they got it how they got it where they were what the event was and it's like it's such a cool synergy when they're like they're excited about that moment I feel like I put like a little bit of my fingerprint on it. And it's just, uh, it's, it's neat knowing that people are celebrating these moments, knowing that you created the asset that they're thinking of. Uh, so it's just kind of a, a cool thing. So I, I have a lot of those, uh, is sort of like the thing. So when people show me their po-ops, I always get a little like, that's, that was kind of cool. <laughs> well, don't worry. Once, uh, once we're done with the show, I'm going to have to make a pop for you. Cause I make one for every guest. So, all right, there we go. You'll, you'll have a wholesome crypto episode. 36 po-op love it <laughs> <laughs> oh man well thank you so much Anvetica, for spending your time with me today i love learning yes. about you i'm glad for everything you're doing and thank you for helping out the community and i'm definitely gonna sign up to eat study master because i have a lot more to learn from you too so thank you again please and do I, and i can't wait to see uh 
So you keep going. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. This was a, a, a true honor, especially given the amount of guests and the type of guests that you've uh, interviewed here. So very much appreciate being on here and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, more episodes. <laughs> thank you. See you, everyone.